0: We're finishing up this series, and uh, for those of you that don't know, we give away this goals book. Uh, we just believe it's important to write the vision, make it clear. The scripture says so that we can run with it, and uh, that's what this is really about, is saying, okay, God, this is the way that we're seeking you. This is the way that we're believing you're going to move in our life, and, uh, and so I encourage you to pick up this book. Again, at the information table, it's free. We make them. They're free for you to take. Uh, my only thing with it is just use it. You know, Don't waste it. Uh, just take it home. Use it. We want you to use it. But today in the last message, I actually wanted to deal with this idea of you may be a type of person, and we actually all are, that don't like this idea of setting goals, of setting a value, of setting a purpose, because you deal with the worry or the wonder about what if I fail? What happens if I don't make the goal? What happens if I heard God speak to me and I write it down and I don't accomplish it? And so some of you, because of shortcomings in your past and things that didn't work for you, uh, you now look at things like this and you say, I'm just not going to participate. I'm just going to choose to do nothing because I don't want to fail. Because every time I fail, I feel rejection. Or every time I fail, uh, I feel like people uh, lose trust in me or they lose hope in me. So it's better for me to do nothing than it is to advance in the kingdom of God. How many would ever say, like, I do feel that at times in certain areas of my life? You would say it, right? So today I want to talk specifically about that, that failure is not final. Amen. I'm trying to stir you up this morning and know that that these goals, these things that God speaks to you, even when we mess up, it's not the end. We serve a God that even when it looks like we're dead, he begins to revive. And, And so if we, the only person that would be holding you back from your goals, it's not God, it would be the enemy and it would be ourselves. Because God is our, is our encourager. He motivates. The Holy Spirit is our, our helper, our advocate. He's saying, go, go, you can do. Amen. Yeah, amen. And so any voice that tries to tell you other than that, hold back, reserve, don't go, is the voice of the accuser. Amen. Yeah. So today I want to talk about this, this idea, these feelings of inadequacy or feelings of failure. Uh, fear of being a failure is a huge thing. I think it's one of the number one things. It's in the top for sure of things that cripple Christians. It's this, I'm worried that I'm going to fail. I'm worried that I'm not going to make it to the finish. I'm worried that it's not going to turn out the way that God spoke to me. Are you with me? Many people won't even try, not because they don't have a chance, but because they have a chance of failure. They survey their life, and they look at what God's saying, and they look at what he's seeing, and they have this great opportunity. And they say, I don't even want to try. There's a chance it's going to work. I got all the things in front of me, but I'm not even going to try because there's also a chance of failure, and I don't want to feel failure. But the problem is fear of failure and, and holding back in God comes at great cost. Uh, I, sh- I shared last week, if we just kill time, it damages And it hurts and it takes away from eternity. We're called to go and be now. Amen. It's never the will of God for his children to be afraid. It's never the will of God for his children to be afraid. And I'll say this, of anything. The scriptures even told you that you have victory also over death. I mean, if you laid out all the scenarios, you could go find a scripture that then covers all of them. Some of you need to get it in your heart that it's never the will of God for his children to be afraid of anything. So whenever that fear rises up, whenever that anxiety rises up, whenever that feeling of inadequacy or you're not good enough, whenever those things begin to rumble up inside of you, you need to understand that's not the will of God for your life. Amen. Here's the truth about fear. and, and, and here I don't, I'm not preaching a fear message. Uh, I, I, somebody say, because what we do, the reason I said that is because what we do is we say, I'm not a I'm not a fearful person. I'm not afraid of many things because we put it in this big fear category. But I'm talking about anxiousness, fear, worry. I'm putting it in that box. And all of us have that. I'm, I'm afraid of taking the next step. I'm afraid to move into the next thing. And so and so that's what I'm talking about. So here's the deal. Fear is a mindset and a spirit. So anytime that fear or that anxiety of, of, of inadequacy or it's not going to turn out the way that go, any of those fear, you need to know two things are happening. It's a mindset that you have and it's a spirit that's happening in your life. And here's the deal. You have to have a plan for both. That's why last week we talked about spiritual warfare. It's one thing to go get a self-help book and try to mentally talk yourself out of fear. But it's a whole another thing to understand. It's a spiritual battle and you have to do something on that end. Because if we're not battling in the spirit, then all you're doing is battling in understanding. That's why the scripture says you have to renew your mind. It's talking about it it is a mind. Fear is a mind. So renew your mind. But at the same time, it says stand firm and fight. We talked about last week. You just got to listen to last week's sermon. And so there's two things you have to do when fear and anxiety and those things start to come in and tell you you're not good enough and you're going to fail and it's not going to work out again. Are you with me? You have to have a plan for both of those, the mindset and that it's a spirit. Second Timothy 1.7 is where we know this. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. What's the scripture saying? The scripture is saying there's such a thing as a spirit of fear, and it's trying to get you to do nothing. The spirit of fear is trying to cripple you and trying to get you to do nothing. But instead, God is somebody who gave you power. Power to do what? to win it in the spirit. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Am I, and so it's we renew our mind by the reading of the word, by worship. We renew our mind. But at the same time, it's saying don't, have, don't be afraid because you also have been given power. Yeah. So it's important for us to go that way. Do you know that the most common command in Scripture, you guys all know this, but the most common command in Scripture is not pray. The most common command is not seek me, devote yourself to me, The most common command is not bow down to me. The most common command is not even listen to me. The most common command is fear not and be not afraid. Three hundred actually in sixty six times. I know we say there's three hundred and sixty five, but somebody did some fact checking and uh, it's three hundred and sixty six times. And I actually like that because God considered leap year. So he even gave one to leap year. But three hundred and sixty six times. The command from heaven is don't play around with fear. I don't understand why you get so caught up in worry and anxiety and pressure when God is the God from heaven is saying, go and you can. Are you with me? So as we make goals, as we seek God, we're somebody who seeks to believe that God is with us and he's for us. And we don't let inadequacy and all those feelings come in because God is with us. Moses sends some people to go view the promised land. And, uh, and he sends them in to go spy the land. You know the story. It's the story of giants in the land. And so he sends 12 and he puts them over there and he says, hey, go check out what the promised land looks like. And the scripture says that they come back and they say, it's surely a land flowing with milk and honey. They say it's exactly as God described it for us to be. It's flowing with milk and honey. You know, that happens to us in our life. We take a look. God calls you to something and you survey it and you say, oh, it's surely It's surely there. I can see it. Are you with me? God called you to something. You see all the pieces in place are there for it to be, but it still requires us stepping into it. Amen. So they come back and they say it's flowing with milk and honey. They actually say they cut off a branch of grapes and it took two men and one pole to carry it back. That's a pretty healthy land. Are you with me? That's not no gas station wine they're making. They're going (laughs) to, it's going to get bougie not boozy, bougie. You need to look it up and figure it out later. Don't look it up. I don't know what it's going to say online. I used to be a youth pastor. They taught me bad words, but it's healthy. Things are great. There's provision there. It's as the Lord described, but at the same time, they saw giants and they saw a city that was well defended So the scripture says they come back and only two of the 10 are saying we can do it. The rest are speaking of their fear and they're speaking of the fear of failure and they're speaking of their inadequacies. God called them. He equipped them. He even showed them that it was possible and they still came back saying we should not. Caleb in Numbers chapter 13 verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses because that's what you need to do. Whenever that fear shows up and the inadequacy feelings and it's not going to work out, you need to just quiet that thing. So he quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. And they respond back, no, we're grasshoppers. And God calls us to stuff and he shows us what it's going to be like and he shows us that it's right for the taking. And we come back and we say, but we're just grasshoppers, Lord. I would love to write a Sikh book and put these goals. I would love to, but I'm just a grasshopper. That's not God, amen. Numbers chapter 14 goes on to talk about this. It says, in uh, Caleb responding, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey, only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land for they are our bread. Their protection has departed them and the Lord is with us. Says it again. Do not what? Fear them. It always comes down to the trap of fear. I wish I could. I want to. But I got this anxiety. I got this fear. I got this remembrance of the past. Are you with me? Do not fear. Why is fear so bad? Because fear comes at a high cost. Five points for you really quickly about fear and the high cost. Number one, living with a mindset of fear erodes your self-worth. If all you do is rehearse your fear, you start telling yourself why you're not good enough. I'm afraid and I'm not capable. I got anxiety and I'm not able. I got, are you with me? You keep rehearsing that fear, rehearse, 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 rehearse. And then eventually you believe the things about yourself that really once started in a fear. It becomes your new truth. It's amazing when people say, I don't have self-worth. I don't believe in myself. And I actually understand that. I get that. But we keep rehearsing, I don't have self-worth, I don't believe in myself, when God believes in us. Yeah. Do you know better than God? No. Then what you need to say over yourself is God, your word that you spoke, All that you start rehearsing those things over your life. Self-worth matters, but God's worth matters more. Yeah. And if God says some things about us and his word is full of some things for us, those are the things that we need to believe. Yeah. Psychologists, psychologists confirm. That what you tell yourself has more impact than what others tell you. Do you know if that you continue to rehearse over your life things that God says, it's more impact than what the haters say about you? Just continue. That's why the scripture says you meditate on his word day and night. What is that? Turning it over and over and over again. That's how you renew your mind. Why does this stuff matter? Because God knows how you were made. You were made to tell yourself and tell yourself how God views you and how you believe. Speak God's word over your life. This scripture sums up everything. You should have this memorized. It's a little bit of a read, but this literally is the total package for how we should live. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39, it's this. It says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? No one can be against you, and God gives you all things. Who will bring out, who will bring out charges against them, those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. So it's saying, look, who's going to come against God's people? If God chose you, who's dumb enough to come against you? Are you with me? So it doesn't matter what the haters are doing. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus died. More than that was raised to life. Is at the right hand of God interceding for us? He's pulling for you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger of the sword? As it is written, for your sake we shall face death all day. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. It doesn't matter what comes our way or matter what the circumstances look like. We are more than conquerors through God who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, nor present nor future nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a total package that covers all scenarios. God is for you and you're able. Stop arguing with him about it. I don't care what our shortcomings are. He knew what he was getting into and he still chose you. Are you hearing me? He knew what the circumstances would be, and he still signed up to be with you. He knew what it would look like, and he sent his son to be with you and die for you. Are you with me? We say, I can't. Well, I can't. Well, I can't. Who keeps saying I can't? Because it's not God. God's not saying you can't. He's saying you can't. Nor depth. No, all those things he lists can't separate you. You can. Are you with me? That's why Proverbs 28.1 says this, the wicked flee when no one pursues. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. They're bold. They go after it. They're not fearful. But it says the wicked are those that say, I can't, I can't, I can't. And they're fleeing when there's nothing in front. Does that make sense? I can't, I can't. Well, there's not even anything holding you back, and you keep fleeing. That's the wicked. Amen. Number two, living with a mindset of fear stagnates your growth. Living with a mindset of fear stagnates your growth. I wanna try it, but what if I fail? I wanna go with God, but what if I fail? I want to do it, but what if I'm not good enough? It will stagnate your growth. You won't grow into who God's called you to be. We got to be a people. It's okay if you fail. God doesn't care if you fail. He cares if you quit. They did a study with these uh, college students. They broke up the room, and they had a whole uh, half the room over here. Their call was to make a pie, and they had to make the perfect pie. Uh, And so it was like take all the time you want. You only have to make one pie, whatever it takes, Uh, You make the perfect pie. And then they took these people over here and they said, your only mission is quantity. We need you to make 100 pies. So they got to work. They started getting after it and they started making pies and making pies and making pies. And at the end of it, at the end of the taste test, after testing all of them, they took the perfect pie team and they took the made the 100. And did you know? that the team who did the 100 actually came up with the better pie. Why? Because they kept going and growing and practicing and learning. And by the time they got to the 100th pie, they had it all worked out. It produced a better product. I'm telling you, that's how God uses us. You try and you fail, but you get better. You try and you fail, but you get better. But so many of us want to be the perfect pie Christian. We're just going to wait until we get it perfect, till everything's right, till I have all the right. Are you with me? You can fail, and then you can try again. Amen. That's why the scripture says we go from faith to faith, glory to glory. Psalm 27, one says, the Lord is my light and my self salvation. Whom shall I fear? I think you know where I'm going. You shouldn't fear anyone. Then it says this, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life or whom shall I be afraid? Again, dealing with fear. Listen to this. Talent and success is not the strength of your life. Your talent is not the strength of your life. The success that you build is not the strength of your life. The Lord is the strength of your life. We get so caught up on our success. Well, I failed. Was God with you? Did you do your best? Did you love him the whole way? Then that failure doesn't matter because there's people disconnected from God and they got a whole bunch of successes. But in the end, it's not going to matter. Number three, living with a mindset of fear eradicates your joy and multiplies your regrets. It takes away from your joy. Always anxiety. Always, I'm not good enough. It's going to turn out like it did in the past. And you're you're worrying and you're struggling and you're worrying. It steals your current joy and it builds you a life of regret. Listen to this. They say statistically of 100%, they did a study of 100% of the things that you worry about in life. They broke it into a weighted category of how much you put into it. 40% of the 100% of things that you worry about, 40% of what you worry about will never happen. Your energy that you spend, 40% of it, 40% will never happen. 30% of what you worry about is something of the past that you can't change anyway, or you couldn't change if the opportunity presented itself again. So 70% of your worry and your energy has to do with nothing that you can even do. Are you with me? 12% of your worry and your anxiety, 12% of it is about what critics say that isn't even true. What somebody said about you that isn't even a fact. 12% of your worry, you're just worrying about something that's not even a truth. Give an energy to, are you with me? They say 10% of your fear about health related issues only causes stress and stress worsens your health issues. So stop doing that, amen. Only 8% of all of the things that you fear and all the things that only 8% of them are real problems. We spend so much time and energy being fearful and anxious about things that aren't even truths. Can we just set our mind on the truth? That he loves you, he cares about you, he's equipped you, he chose you, he believes in you, he knew what he was getting into, amen. Fear and joy don't coexist. I want you to know fear and joy don't coexist. We walk around saying, what if, what if, what if? And God answers in scripture, I'll be with you. We say, what if, what if, what if? Because I'm gonna be with you. What if, what if? And he says, therefore, I'm with you. What if, what if? And he says, truly, I tell you. Meaning truly, stand on this. Are you with me? That's why the scripture says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in your presence is fullness of joy. You need more joy, get more in his presence, amen. The problem is you spend all your life, I wish, I wonder, I can, I can't. And you get to your deathbed and you look back on your life, Guess what you're going to say then? I wish I would have. I wish I would have. Because all these fears, all these anxieties, when they win, they win because they, they take you to your grave in a grave of regret. Amen. So here's the deal. I don't care if you fail in your seek book. I don't care if you fail in your goals. I care if you quit. The scripture says that the righteous person may fall seven times, but what does he do? Get back up. That's the standard of righteousness. A righteous person is allowed to fall, but you're not allowed to quit. Amen. That's why the scripture says, well done, good and faithful servant. It doesn't say, well done, good and successful servant. Amen. It says, well done, good and faithful. Somebody who is willing to stick with it and see God through. Here's the deal. Success is not being the best. It's being your best. It's going to bed at night saying, God, I gave you all of me. I gave you the best of me. I gave you everything I had, not comparing yourself to somebody else. Amen. Point number four, living with the mindset of fear will contaminate others. This is key if you have kids. Living with the, with the mindset of fear will contaminate others. What do you do when you're afraid? You tell somebody. You go to pick up a phone. You go talk to somebody, and you say, I don't want to do it. I'm afraid. And you start blabbing the fear. I'm worried this is going to happen. I'm worried that is going to happen. And you put that in your home. When you live of that mindset of fear and anxiety, it contaminates others. They saw giants in the land. I'm here to tell you this. Don't give your giants to the next generation. Don't say, this is what I see. This is what I see. This is what I see. We do simple things like this in our home. We say, uh, and this is a negative. I'm not saying we do it. I'm saying what we all do in our mistake is we go around our kids and we walk around our atmospheres and we say things like this. You just know how I am. And then our kids start getting this mindset of, you just know how I am. And we transfer this fear, don't we? We say, oh, you know how I get when. And then we're programming our kids to get when. Are you understanding? Whenever we allow fear and anxieties and those things, it will contaminate others. I'll close with this. My last final point. Point number five is this there is no failure in this world that will separate you from God. Guys, we gotta get that. There's nothing you can do that will make God change his mind about you. He loves you, he sent his son. He's already all in on you. So it's okay if you fail. Failure is not final. We serve a God who's the Resurrector, amen. The enemy tries to tell you, don't try. You don't have what it takes. Don't try, it won't make a difference. Don't even try, it'll turn out like it did last time. Don't try, you've already failed too much. You've used up all your failures. Remember the way you used to live? Just don't even try. Don't try because you always disappoint. Don't try because you know you won't measure up. 2 Corinthians says it like this. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. You have enough to write goals and to chase God and to get into your promised land. Why? Because he's got enough grace for you. And your weakness is made perfect in him. Amen. The scripture says he knows our beginning from our end. He knows about your failures before you were even here. Do you know this? God knew about your failures before he even sent Jesus to the cross and he still sent him to the cross. He knew what he was getting into and he still chose you. Think about it like this. He knew about all your failures and he still offers you salvation. He knew about all your failures and he still prescribes you grace. He knows about all your failures. He still gives you your breath and your food and your shelter. Why? Because he knew what he was getting into and he still chooses you. He believes in you. He's not afraid of our failure. There is no failure in this world that will separate you from God. One way that we can really look at this is Jesus is hanging on a cross. And there's a thief. There's a criminal. There's a convicted uh, criminal hanging next to him. And the scripture says Jesus, all knowing, knows exactly what that person is. In Jesus' pain, in his suffering, in his trauma... He's hanging there and he can still look over at the thief. And the thief says, actually, to another person on the cross, but he says, Hey, hey, don't mock Jesus. We need to fear this man. We need to fear the man of God, speaking speak, the Son of God. What he's saying is this Hey, it's not somebody we mock. This is somebody we surrender to. And I just want you to think about this concept. Jesus is hanging on a cross. And so the thief says to him, Hey, Will you remember me when you get to your heaven, when you get to your throne, when you get to your paradise, will you remember me? You know what Jesus says immediately? Truly, I tell you, you're gonna be with me in paradise. He actually says today, today. Do you know that some scholars believe based on how soon Jesus died on the cross, that could have been the first salvation experience by the work of the cross? He's gonna be in heaven. Do you know how long that guy was saved? Do you know how long he went to church? Do you know how many failures he had? He didn't take all this time to get his life right and cleaned up. No, in all of his shortcomings, in all of his mess ups, in all of his sins, in all of his things, Jesus was like, repentant heart, you're with me. I forgive you because failures aren't final. It doesn't stop God, he chooses us anyway. Are you with me? I'm gonna have uh, my friend Lorenzo come up here and uh, we got a closing song for you. I'm not gonna have you stand. We have some lyrics on the screen. We'll drop the lights, and I really want you to just hear these words over your life. Just let the song minister to you about how God feels about you. And then I want you to write your goals or go back to him and pray and believe that God knew what he was getting into when he created you. Failure is not final. God's heart is for you, and he sees you capable. Amen? Let's worship. bow our heads and close our eyes God doesn't make mistakes you're here on purpose for a purpose he believes in you he sees you able, capable scripture says more than enough you're conquerors, you're overcomers scripture says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter didn't put this service together just because we wanted to hear you to hear a new song. We we wanted you to get healing this morning. We wanted you to get breakthrough over fear and anxiety and doubt. I believe the Holy Spirit can do that right now, right where you are. Whatever areas you need healing, whatever areas you need hope, whatever areas you need that boldness of a lion. I believe the Holy Spirit can minister to that, you right to you right now. Let's pray and ask him for that. God, we love you so much. We come to you as our heavenly father who loves us. The scripture says it gives good gifts. God, I pray that you heal our hearts. Lord, I pray that you heal our minds. God, I pray that you help us in our emotions. Lord, I pray that you give every person in this room a boldness like a lion to run after all that you have for us because failure is not final. You're a God who resurrects. So God, whatever areas need resurrection, we just pray that. It-